So it's Proverbs 4. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and said to me, Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honour you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the ways of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked, or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. The second Bible reading comes from James chapter 3, verses 1 to 12, um, which can be found on page 1044 in the Church Bibles. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, 
a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good evening, church. Lovely to see you all tonight. My name is Paul, if I haven't met you. Uh, we are spending some time in January looking at Proverbs. So 2023 is our year of goodness, and the book of Proverbs helps us to live a good life. And last week we looked at uh, wisdom from the book of Proverbs. Uh, it's not looking at words, uh, the words that come out of our mouth, what we speak, the words that we say, how we say it, why we say it. And a bit of a, a, a warning for us, uh, this is a kind of sermon where we're all going to squirm, because we all know that our words are not always helpful, and they are sometimes hurtful. And I know that, because I, as I prepared this, this sermon this week, God has really convicted me. I needed to actually reach out to some people who I know I've hurt with my own words, and ask for their forgiveness. And maybe God will do that in you tonight. Our words are powerful. Your words have incredible power. Now, let me try and show you. I love you. You're so beautiful. You are beautiful inside and out. You're so kind. You're so gracious. I hate you. Why do you always do that? Are you stupid or something? for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, for in sickness and in health, till death is due part. It's over. I'm leaving you. I want nothing to do with you. Thank you so much for the way that you did that for me. Your heart is so kind. I love the way that you give yourself to other people. Why do you do that? I should do that, not this way, but my way. See the power of words? You know that, that stupid children's rhyme, this utter nonsense, you know, sticks and stones can break my bones, but, but wounds can never hurt me. It's utter nonsense. Because everybody here in this room tonight has been wounded, has been hurt by other people's words. For some of us here, words were spoken to us as children that have so penetrated our hearts and our minds and they, they've haunted us, they've almost defined us. Words like stupid and selfish and ugly and unloved. Words of a parent or a teacher or a colleague or a friend or a lover. We've held on to them, we've analyzed them, they've They've shaped who we think we really are. Words have that power. You know that. 
That's why in our sinful moments, we, we sometimes choose the word that we know that will cause most pain. Why do we do that? We can say sorry, but words are still out there. We should rewrite that rhyme. Uh, Sticks and stones can only break my bones, but that's okay. It takes about six weeks for a bone to heal. But words, words penetrate deeply and cause great damage or great delight. You know, world wars have been started by just a word. Politicians have been elected or brought down by a word. Would have heard, heard criticism and been crushed by that, or you've been comforted by beautiful counsel. So, our summary proverb is this Proverbs 12, verse 18. It's on the screen. Reckless words, careless words, pierce, it wounds like a sword, it causes damage, but, but the tongue of the wise brings healing, refreshment, and restoration. Words have that power to hurt or to heal. Now, James 3 is a, a confronting chapter because it reminds us that the, the, the tongue is such a small part of your body. I, I've no idea what, what percentage of your body your tongue is, but it's minuscule. But your, your tongue has power way beyond its size. And James' illustrations are, are brilliant. It's a bit like a, a bit that you put into the mouth of a horse. If, you, if you're a horse rider, you know you've got this tiny piece of metal that you put into a, this massive horse's mouth. And with that tiny piece of metal, the bit, you can control the course of your horse. Well, if you're not a horse rider... Think about ships, verse 4. Take ships as an example. Although they are massive, they're large, and they're driven, they're tossed around by strong waves, they are steered by this tiny, tiny rudder. So that the size of the rudder compared to the size of those massive cruise liners that come into Sydney Harbour, it is ridiculous. But that tiny rudder can shape that whole ship. Same with your tongue, verse 5. It is tiny, but it has power way beyond its size, and it could shape your life. Let, let me try and show you. Uh, when, when I'm feeling angry towards somebody or bitter towards somebody, I've got a choice at that moment. I, I can choose to clothe my anger in angry, vengeful, venomous, revengeful words. And if I make that choice, I, I go down the path of revenge and bitterness, and I become a, an angry, bitter person. Or I can choose to clothe my anger in, in a different kind of words, the words of forgiveness, love, and blessing and kindness. And that shapes the path that I go down. Well, when someone gossips about you, you've got a choice. Uh, you can retaliate and become a gossip yourself. Or you can remain silent and tame your tongue and offer peace. Uh, see, words will shape the direction of your life. Words will shape this church. Uh, churches can be the most beautiful place. Words of encouragement, words of edification, words of praise. And they can be the most ugly place. Horrible and hostile where there's bitching and gossip and slander and lying and anger. All to do with what comes out of our mouth. 
Kent Hughes says this, the true test of a man's spirituality is not his ability to speak. Don't care how competent you are at speaking, but rather his ability to bridle his tongue. So tonight we're looking at words, the stuff that comes out of your mouth. Because your words are important to God. I was thinking, I mean, God created everything through his word. He spoke this word into creation. The Lord Jesus Christ is called the word. And the Bible is the word of God. God's choice of revelation is through words. I mean, the book of Proverbs, and this is a fun fact for you. One out of every seven Proverbs is about your speech. One out of every seven Proverbs is about the words that come out of your mouth. What you say, how you say it, why you say it. We just had read chapter 4, verse 24. Put away perversity from your mouth. Get rid of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Make sure out of your mouth there are no wicked words. So let's start with the negative, the, the damage of foolish and destructive words. And we're starting with the negative because there's way more in the Bible about the negative than the positive. Funny that. The damage of, of, of foolish, destructive words, that's, that's proverb again, reckless words, careless words that wound deeply and cause damage and destruction. And if you go through Proverbs, you could kind of categorize all the different types of words that he's talking about. He talks about the damage of lies. Chapter 14, verse 5, a, a truthful witness doesn't deceive, but a false witness pours out lies. 25 verse 18, like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow that, that causes pain and damage it is the man who gives false testimony against his neighbor. Uh, so, so lying words are, are when you misrepresent the truth. You deliberately deceive with your words. You twist a fact for your own advantage. You, you pass on inaccurate information or you even just make up stuff to make yourself feel good. And the problem with lying is destructive for relationships. And it's so damaging to yourself. Liars need to have long memories to remember what they said to who they said it. And they kind of keep on spinning this web of more and more lies. So please don't be a liar. The damage of gossip and slander, that's another category. Chapter 11, verse 13, a gossip betrays confidence. And so you're told something in confidence and then you choose to pass it to somebody else. Chapter 16, verse 28, a perverse man stirs up dissension or trouble and a gossip separates close friends. I've seen many, many, many close friendships being destroyed by gossip. Words spoken about somebody that you had no right to pass on. 18 verse 8, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the, a man's inmost parts. Uh, you know what a gossip is. A gossip is when you speak words at the wrong time to the wrong people, even if it is the truth. Sometimes you're given some information about somebody or about something that it's not your responsibility to pass on to anybody. Why do we gossip? We gossip because it makes us feel good, the center of attention, in the know. And the thing about gossip is, is that verse says they're, they're like choice morsels. It's this idea is tantalizing, it's satisfying, it makes you feel good. 
Or slander, 10 verse 18 says, whoever spreads slander is a fool. Slander is when you use your words deliberately to, to bring somebody down, to attack them, their personality, their character. You spread lies about them and you treat people like punchbacks with your words. What about, what about quarreling and arguments? Uh, 26 verse 20. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a, a quarrel dies down. <laughs> as charcoals to embers and as a wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. Now, now sometimes we, we have to say a hard word. I, I'm not talking about that. Sometimes tough conversations are necessary, but you know there's people who, who love to pick a fight. They, they enjoy verbal arguments. They love the debate. I'm not talking about friendly banter. I'm talking about malicious, destructive quarreling. The, the, the type of people who are, who, they won't back down on anything. They always have to be right about everything. And the words, I was wrong, is not in their vocabulary. What about flattery or bragging? Two sides of a different coin. Uh, chapter 7, verse 21, with, with persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. It's that manipulation. It's that seduction. It's the flatterer. They, they, they butter you up with their words. They talk you up. And it's that excessive complimenting. You, you, you're so amazing at that. You're so wonderful at that. And there's often a hidden agenda behind their compliments. They want something from you. Uh, the, the flatterer talks you up. The, the bragger talks themselves up. They paint a far better picture of themselves with their words. They talk themselves up. Uh, Proverbs 27 verse 2 reminds us, let another praise you and not your own mouth, someone else and not your own lips. Please be quiet about how good you think you are. Uh, the damage of lies, gossip, slander, quarreling, flattering, bragging, I could continue. It talks about the, the, the damage of practical joking. You know, there, there, there's people who, are, who love a practical joke, but actually they hurt people by it. Or, or the damage of meddling words where you meddle in other people's business. Or, or the, it talks about embellishment and exaggeration. Someone pulled me up a few years ago about exaggeration. I'm, I'm thankful they did because that was a folly of mine. The damage of silence. When you don't respond, that's a form of words. What I love about this sermon is that I don't need to give you lots of practical examples because we all know the damage that we have done by our own words. Reckless words pierce like a sword. They damage people. You know, it just horrifies me to think of the damage that my words have done, the hurt I've caused. People have been crushed or betrayed or belittled. I'm sure you're the same. I still remember words spoken to me when I was seven years old. In the playground at school, a group of boys decided to give me a new nickname, and the nickname was Stick Insect because I was so skinny and scrawny. And those words stuck with me for about 20 years. I think I had real body image issues because of that word. Words of betrayal from a friend about 15 years ago that were just etched in my memory, and I tried desperately hard not to believe them. 
That's the power of words. They pierce, they wound. And wounds leave scars, don't they? Billy Graham says this, uh, guard your tongue and use it for good instead of evil. How many marriages or friendships have been destroyed because of criticism that spiraled out of control? How many relationships have, have broken down because of a word spoken thoughtlessly or in anger? A harsh word cannot be taken back and no apology can fully repair its damage. Uh, words damage other people. It damages you. If, you. if you keep on speaking bitter words, you become a bitter person. If you keep on speaking lying words, you become a liar. If you keep on speaking kind words, you become a kind person. And here's the scary thing when it comes to our words. By ourselves, without the Holy Spirit, without Christ in our lives, our words are not naturally good. By default, our words are not good. Remember Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5, Woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. Or Romans 3, No one is righteous, not even one, and he goes straight for the jugular. Our throats are like open graves. Our tongues practice deceit. Poison of vipers is on our lips, and our mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Do you ever find yourself in a conversation and, and, and something comes out of your mouth and you're thinking, where did that come from? And why did I say that? Why do we say it? Often, it's often pride or arrogance or a bit of insecurity. And that's a lethal combination. So our words are not harmless. And James 3 sums it up best. Verse 5. The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. We've all seen the, the pictures of that on, on our news. The, the forest fires, the bush fires. What do they start with? Single ember? A careless match? And from one careless match, the whole forest is on fire. It's unstoppable. It's un unquenchable. And people are destroyed. Same with your words. Like a bushfire, it can cause utter, utter destruction. And again, I've seen whole families torn apart by words, friendships destroyed by words, churches destroyed by words. So as I said, this week, God has really convicted me to, to apologize to people for words I've said to them. And maybe God is going to do that convicting work in you tonight. But I'm going to just stop for just 30 seconds and just, I want you to ask God, is there anybody that you need to apologize for, for hurtful words? Lord, please give us the courage ask for forgiveness and please change us and the way that we speak amen let's go to the positive the the delight the delight of wise and constructive words look at the second half of our verse yeah reckless words careless, they pierce they wound but but the tongue of the wise brings healing isn't that a beautiful word healing you know if you ever had a wound, you know the pain a wound is, but, but when it's healed, you're like, this is being restored, it's being refreshed, it, it's like it was never there. It is so beautiful, and you, you can do that with your words. 
Uh, chapter 10, verse 11, the, the mouth of the righteous, the, 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 the words that come out of a person who is, who is seeking to honor God is, is a fountain of life. That idea of a fountain is something that, that overflows, that bursts forth life upon life upon life. You can give life to people through the words that you speak. 15, verse 4, the tongue that brings healing is a, is a tree of life. And the idea of, of a tree is that it keeps bearing fruit. And so one kind word from you can bear fruit that then bears more fruit that then bears more fruit. And it's like this snowball effect that the more kind words you say, the more fruit that you bear. 16 verse 24, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and, and healing to the bones. If you, if you tasted honeycomb, it, it doesn't look amazing, but, but when you put it to your lips, it's, it's sweet and it's beautiful. It makes you go, oh, that's so pleasant. And again, you know that when, when you've sat under pleasant words, you just go, oh, this is, this is, this is beautiful. Now think about People who have sat with you and offered you words of comfort. comfort. What, what's that been like for your soul? When people have said to you, I'm going to walk alongside you. I've got you. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to care for you. When, when people have given you a, a Bible verse at the right time and remind you that God's going to hold you. When, when people have written you a, a letter by, by hand or a card by hand with, with just words of encouragement and comfort, it's like balm to your soul. Uh, the person who gave you some helpful advice that, that steered your life onto a different path. That, that, thank the Lord for that word. The person who gave you words of counsel that lifted a weight off your shoulder or carried a burden or, 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 or put light into your dark life. The person who loved you enough with a word of correction. A word of correction is a good, wise word if it's done gently. The person who offered you a word of forgiveness. He said, I love you, and of course I fully forgive you. The word of encouragement, well done, good job, thank you. There's, there's kind, caring words like, are you okay? Uh, can I help you in any way? Or, or the words of the gospel that brought you out of darkness into his glorious light. There's all these kinds of words, encouraging, comforting, caring, forgiving, Right words, fair words, honest words, healing words. Listen to Proverbs, verse 8. It's not on the screen. My mouth speaks what is true. All the words of my mouth are just. Wouldn't you like to be like that? Everything that comes out of your mouth is right, true, just, fair, and honest. Now, again, I'm not saying we don't say hard words. Sometimes we do say hard words, but it's how we say it that matters and why we're saying it that matters. So, so when you speak wise words, it is good for you and it's good for other people. I loved chapter 21, verse 23. I think it's on the screen. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. <laughs> I don't know if you ever had a a sleepless night where you've just tossed and turned and you, you've gone over again and again and again what you said and why you said it. You could have avoided that, you know, by saying the right thing or not saying anything at all. You can avoid stress and distress by careful thought about what comes out of your mouth. 
Proverbs 12, verse 19, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. That's the thing about foolish words. Uh, they might give you a moment of pleasure, a moment of celebration, but, but truthful lips, honest lips, that's going to be a lifetime, and an eternity of goodness. So, so here's some pointers from the Bible how, how you can make sure your words are wise. And it's actually really simple advice. Here it is. You, you listen more and you speak less. You listen more and you speak less. That's what James 1 says. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Listen to what Thomas Watson says. Uh, God has given us two ears but one tongue to show that we should be swift to hear but slow to speak. God has also set a double fence before the tongue. It's called your teeth and your lips to teach you to be very wary lest you offend with your tongue. So think and think and think again. Should I say this or should I not say this? Listen, listen well, listen carefully. 18 verse 13, he who answers before listening, that's his folly. In this conversation where those people who keep on interrupting, they refuse to listen and they think they know what you're going to say and why you're going to say it. That's foolish. Speak less. Fewer words are always better than many. 10 verse 19, when words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue, that's the idea there that you that you choose not to speak or you choose your words carefully, you, you guard your lips, you protect your lips, you think, okay, is this the right thing to say? How should I say it? When should I say it? Why am I saying it? And again, it, it struck me this week that the, the people in my life who I have so much respect for and so much admiration for because of their, their, their godliness and their wisdom and their purity, they're always the people who are quick to listen and slow to speak. Ephesians 4 says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building other people up. So the damage of foolish words, the delights of wise words, and I'll finish with this, that, that our words actually reflect our heart. The words that come out of your mouth really reflect what's happening deep here in your own heart. Jesus was a great psychologist. He said this in, in Luke chapter 6. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Here it is. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks out of the overflow of your heart. So whatever's in your heart will come out in the, the words that you speak. It's what Proverbs 4 said. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Now, I, I can't see your heart, but I can hear your words. And from the words that you speak and the way that you speak, I'll have a good stab at what your heart's really like. I reckon if you placed before me one of your closest friends who I've never met before and said, spend 15 minutes with them, Paul, and you said to your friends, you're just going to speak to Paul and he's not going to say anything, he's going to listen to you. Just talk for 15 minutes. I reckon with a 95% accuracy, I could tell you what type of person your friend is. Are they an encourager or are they a whinger? 
Are they a grumbler or they are, are they grateful? Are they angry? Are they an edifier? Are they kind? Just by the words that they speak. So Proverbs tells us, Proverbs 12, verse 23, uh, the heart of fools blurts out folly, or 16, verse 23, a wise man's heart guides his mouth. It's what Jesus says, out of your heart reveals what you're really like. Don't you want to be known as a, a person who is kind and gracious and compassionate and godly and pure and honest? If you want to be that kind of person, your heart needs to be like that. Please don't hear this sermon tonight as like a, a psychological talk where it's like you can say that, but you can't say this. What, what, what we actually need most is is new hearts, hearts like God, hearts like Jesus that, that reflect who Jesus is because out of our hearts, our words will flow. You see, I, I can't change my tongue and I can't tame my tongue. I find James chapter 3, verse 7 and 8 quite depressing, to be honest. He said all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed. We can tame a crocodile, but you can't tame the tongue. No human being can tame the tongue. He, what he's saying is that you can never reach a point where every word that comes out of your mouth is always perfect and always kind. And you know that. You know, as James says, we, we, we use our tongue to praise God and then curse people. We, we stand here in church tonight and with our, our lips we're, we're saying, praise the Father, praise the Son. And before you go to bed tonight, you'd have said something to somebody that's caused them hurt. Isn't that crazy? And so what we need is a new tongue. But actually, no, no, what we need is not a new tongue, but a new heart. Because our words come from the heart, not from the tongue. And isn't that the good news of the gospel? Isn't that the incredible news that, that when you come to Jesus Christ, and when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and believe he died for you and he loves you, he gives you this new heart. A heart not of stone, but, but of the spirit a heart that, that can think like God and speak like God and, and behave like God. And I, I love seeing people becoming Christians for the very first time. Because when they first become Christians, one of the first things that the Spirit often does is change people's speech. And what, what kind of things they now talk about, the kind of conversation they have, and also the words that they use and how they speak to people. And I love that. But it doesn't stop at your conversion, does it? God's in the, the process of, of this transformation in us. And the part of the work of the Spirit is to take this heart and bit by bit by bit transform our hearts so we are more like our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you to pray boldly that the Spirit of God might transform your heart and that would show itself in the words that you speak. The church, please keep working hard on what you say, why you say it, how you say it. But most importantly, keep, please keep running to the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing him better, delighting in him more, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, he can change your heart. Because your words are really powerful. You can use words to build up or tear down. You can use your words to heal or to hurt. And my prayers of this church will be known as a church where we use words that are soothing and healing for our souls.
I'm going to finish by praying just a verse from Psalm 19, a famous verse. May the words of our mouths and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Our Lord, our rock and our redeemer. I pray that again. May the words of all of our hearts, Spirit of God, please, may the words of all of our hearts in this room tonight and the meditation of all of our hearts, what we think about, what we feed our hearts and our minds with, May they be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer.